So before we jump into the actual podcast, um, I just saw that J.J. Watt will be signing with the Arizona Cardinals. Thank God he's not coming to the NFC East. I'm happy about that. I really do not want to have to deal with him two times a year. But Arizona Cardinals. So he's going to go reunite with D-Hop and cause a ruckus over in the NFC West. Maybe he will be taking down Russell Wilson. So let's see how he does there. I hope he does well. And let's get started into the podcast. All right, what's going on, guys? Welcome to another Philly Talk. Today we're going to go over past week, about February 22nd through today, March 1st. Um, I'm going to start off with the Eagles. But before I get into the Eagles, I want to look at, per reports from today, March 1st, uh, the Washington football team is looking to release the comeback player of the year and Alex Smith after he makes it clear he wants to come back. But he is 36. I think, honestly, he's one of the reasons, one of the big reasons why Washington is able to make it to the playoffs year after year because before he got hurt, they were looking like they were going to win the division. Then he got hurt, and then he comes back this year and takes him to another division title. So let's see where he ends up, if he ends up anywhere. He is 36. Still don't know how that leg will perform under a big hit, so I'm really curious to see where he will go. All right, so... Now I want to get into the big topic of the Eagles right now, the trade of Carson Wentz. He was traded to the Colts, as you probably know. It only frees up $800,000 in cap space, which is not enough money. We're trying to get rid of 50 mil, and we still have 34 mil in dead money that he needs to get paid from us. So honestly, trading him didn't really help us. And I just want to clear up, because I did go over it in my last episode. You guys can go check that out. But I wanted to clear up my talk about Wentz. I think in the situation, it was a good trade. It was just a bad trade overall. So, yeah, getting a conditional second rounder, which could turn into a first, and then a third rounder is good. But if you look at it, you don't trade an elite franchise quarterback just because he had one bad year. The entire season was a down year. Yes, it might have hurt his confidence even more that you benched Jalen Hurts, but he needed to sit back and take a seat and watch what Hurts would have done. Because even though they won't say it out loud, they if they even made the playoffs, they weren't going to do anything in the playoffs. In week 14, going into the game, we were 3-8-1. and No one thought we were going to beat the Saints first off, whether we had Carson Wentz or Jalen Hurts starting. So in the end, yes, the way that it was dealt with wasn't right, but we still shouldn't have traded him. Okay? You should have given him another chance, gave him this offseason, but... Past of the past can't change anything. We're just fans. Uh, and also, I do want to touch on one other thing before we do get super in-depth with the Eagles. Russell Wilson. Seahawks look like they're shopping him and looking to trade him. There are four teams that Russell Wilson said he'd be willing to go to. The Bears, the Cowboys, the Raiders, and the Saints. But in the end, none of this really matters because Russell Wilson didn't demand a trade. There's no trade clause in his contract, so unless he demands to be traded, he can't be because they have no power. Russell Wilson holds the cards in this situation. So I don't think he's going anywhere. He didn't say he wanted to be traded. And honestly, I like him in Seattle. Granted, Seattle could use a little bit of a boost. He needs a little, I don't know what he needs, but they need a little something else because they get to the playoffs every year and they fall short every year. And I think they're good enough to win a Super Bowl. I don't know if it'll be within the next couple of years, but I think they can. Uh... 
So now we're going to go back over to the Eagles. The Eagles did just release Deshaun Jackson, and he played a total of eight games over two seasons. He played in week one of last season and then got hurt and ended up having to get surgery, and he was out. He technically played three games. He started and played a total of like five downs in the second game and then got hurt in the first game against the Bears in week three in last season. This past season, he played five games, which is good for him in the past couple of years. Granted, when he came back, I was super happy. I'm a big Deshaun Jackson fan. I love him. But after you sit the entire season, he needed surgery. So I'm not really angry about that. You come back and you keep on taking stupid injuries, small things that you can fix yourself. So... He didn't really do much in the past two seasons. He had a couple bombs for touchdowns, but he wasn't looking like that old Deshaun Jackson when he was younger. Never really gave that spark that he used to have. He had those two big catches in week one against Washington. This Not this last season, but the season before that. And then he kind of fell off the face of the earth. In this season, he only had one to two big D-Jax plays. So he didn't really do much this season. But with the release of him, that will give us $6 million in cap space out of the projected $50 million that we have. So that should help us a little. Uh, also, another receiver that they're looking to get rid of, Alshon, is due to be released. They did state, and I'm happy about that. He was making money to sit on the bench and be hurt. And the entire season, he didn't play until week eight, first off. And then after that, he didn't get his first catch until week 10 so and for the rest of the season he had six receptions 115 yards and a touchdown all season and honestly I think when he came back he took catches away from Travis Fulgham who we need to progress more than Alshon Jeffrey like why are you starting Alshon Jeffrey when you have a young receiver in Travis Fulgham who showed that he could be a big deal in the NFL he came off the practice squad and had touchdowns in four straight games. He came off the bench making the corners look like they don't belong in the NFL, looking like peewee corners. So that was good to get rid of him. I don't know how much this will help our cap space, but we need to get rid of J-Jaw. He is, that's J.J. Arthaga, white side for anyone who doesn't know, but he can go. All his season, he had four receptions for 85 yards, no touchdowns. He had a couple two-point conversions because he's a big guy. But he has no sense of time. If you saw the Steelers game, we're driving down the field right before halftime, down by three. You get a big bomb to J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, and he's too worried about celebrating, and then gives the ball to Jason Kelsey. He's not the one who needs the ball. The ref is. So, my mind, J.J. can go. Too busy worrying about celebrating. And when we were playing the Ravens, he picked up a fumble that Miles Sanders had. He, Miles Sanders did all the carrying. He took it all the way down to the one and then fumbled right at the one. And J.J. Arthago whiteside picks it up and takes it into the end zone and acts like he did all the work. I'm not a big fan of J.J. I think he can go. And this was a report I saw from the Inquirer from Marcus Hayes. He gave us a little insight on players that hold a lot of cap space and that might go or should go. So before we get into it, I think if we're going to go into a rebuild, we need to go into a full young core, buy into the rebuild. Don't try to keep, I think you can keep a couple players here or there, but you need to buy into it. So he says we should keep the following players. 
he thinks we should keep Fletcher Cox. He's 30, but in this year it took him eight weeks to get into the groove. He had 6.5 sacks on the season, and four of them didn't come until week 10 or later after the bye week. Him, I like, I love Fletcher Cox, but he's holding a lot of cap space. And like I said, he really isn't anchoring down that defensive line like he used to. He's not really as much as a factor as he used to be. So he didn't make the Pro Bowl this year, but Pro Bowl is kind of a popularity contest. So I'm not that worried about it. So we can keep him. We can let him go. I wouldn't be too surprised by either of them, although I think we would keep him. Lane Johnson and Brandon Brooks, who are the vets on the offensive line, I think we should keep one and we can possibly get rid of the other one. Brandon Brooks did just get signed to a fresh new deal, so I don't know what the odds of getting rid of him are. Lane Johnson had a rough year this year. He was injured a lot. He waited until three weeks before the season to get an ankle surgery that he needed in order to play well, and he never was able to really get his feet going in the season this year. So I don't know if we should really keep Lane. I do like Lane, though. So either of them, I'd be okay if we kept. But I don't think we need both. They, he says that these three are the start to our young core and to make sure that our young team has a good foundation and really gets going. But again, I think we can get rid of one of the two anchors on the offensive line. JP is obviously, hopefully obviously going. He should not come back. I don't think he'll get signed by another team because of his age and He's already locked in the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. Maybe not first ballot, but he's already locked in the Hall of Fame. He went from a tight end at Buffalo to a continuous Pro Bowl left tackle for the Eagles. I don't know if you th- if he thinks he has anything left to prove. I hope he doesn't because he was a great, great left tackle for the Eagles. All right, so these are the people he thinks that the Eagles should release. Brandon Graham, he's 33. I think I love Brandon Graham, but I hope we don't lose him. He's a really good guy. He had a career season, made his first Pro Bowl ever again. Actually, no, because I think if he made his first Pro Bowl this year, that should say something because he had an amazing career here in Philly, and he never made the Pro Bowl. So that's not a popularity contest on him. He had a very good career here, and no one ever, everyone just looked over his head. So that whole popularity contest thing for him doesn't really apply because he had a couple strong years here, and no one ever gave him a chance. So I hope we keep him, but if we need to, he can go. I'd honestly, uh, the age kind of gets me because he's 33, Fletcher is 30, but Brandon Graham, I think, has a lot more speed and versatility you can throw him on the inside on that nascar package and you can throw him on the end in the end i hope we keep him he has more versatility but he is older than fletcher so i don't know what they'll do with him we do have a really deep and young d line so he could possibly go and there's enough to back him up that we wouldn't really lose much if we did lose him especially with the season that we're going to be going into because it's not going to be very good we have the most money put into our D-line. So if our D-line doesn't perform without them, then that should say something. That'll save $13 million in cap space. Zach Ertz is 30. 
Him and Goddard make a nasty tight end duo. Maybe the best in the league, in my opinion. But it is very hard to pay two tight ends at the same time. Goddard is a more versatile all-around tight end, and he's younger. He can block, he can catch. And I want to say he's faster than Zach Ertz. He has more athleticism, that's for sure. So I think Goddard is the better choice here. Goddard proved he's good to be an upcoming star with this past season and an awful season. He was a good bright spot in the season. And Richard Rodgers proved to be a good receiving tight end if you need him to back him up. And Rodgers won't be too much to pay as opposed to Ertz. But if we do get rid of Ertz, that'll save $8.25 million in cap space. And a big, I'll touch on this later, but a big thing people are looking at is possibly drafting Kyle Pitts. But we'll get to that later in the pod. Uh, Jason Kelsey. He's an absolute tank. He's 33. He already contemplated retirement after not this past season, but the season before that. And I feel after this past season, he won't be happy because he is not the kind of guy that accepts defeat. He will not take defeat continuously. So I think after this past season, the way everything went down, he will definitely retire. If he does, then that doesn't really affect us with having to worry if we're going to come or not. So that'll save us 5.5 mil. And also, if he goes, then you still got Brandon Brooks and Lane Johnson anchoring the O-line, so we can still have enough vets to train our young guys. But where do we go at center, though? Do we draft a center? Do we sign a center? Do we take someone from our organization to put at center? We'll see where we go there. They're looking to trade Darius Slay. This is the only one that I am super against. I love Darius Slay. He's a great corner. He is the only shutdown corner we have on the team. We just gave him a contract, and we just got him from the Lions. I don't see why we would get rid of him. He's our only good lockup corner, and he's good to teach the young guys. He's 30 years old, and we have no corner talent. Avante Maddox looks like he'll be a good guy, but he's not an outside corner. He's a slot corner. We need to get outside corners is what we need. We have only slot corners. So he'll be good to teach the young guys, and but he is making a lot of money through those three years. He's signed a three-year $50 million contract with us. So if we let him walk, we'll save $6 mil. So again, that's a toss-up. I hope we don't keep him. He or I hope we do keep him. He is a very good shutdown corner, the best that we've had since Asante Samuel. Through this last season, he had 90 targets against him, 69 completions, 76% completion percentage, 851 yards. In the past three years, that's the most he's given up: 2018, 2019, 2020. He only gave up three touchdowns on the season, and two of them were against Devontae Adams who's the second best wide receiver in the league to me right now, Julio at number one. I do think Devontae Adams might have a slight edge over Julio with the quarterback and the rest of the team that he has around him. So two of three touchdowns against him were from Devontae Adams in a single game. And he did hold DK Metcalf to zero touchdowns, and DK Metcalf ran all over him. And lastly, we're going to head over to Derek Barnett who was a first-round pick, and I won't be too mad if he goes. He did show sparks of being a breakout player this season. Also, he recovered the fumble for the, to win the Super Bowl. But 
he is a good young player. Especially if Josh Sweat still has those injury issues. He did have something wrong with his knee that dropped his draft stock when he was being drafted. And Josh Sweat did go out with the injury this year. So we will see what goes on there. So Derek Burnett, I think he would be good young piece for the D-line. But he is going to be an unrestricted free agent year. So... We will have to re-sign him soon, and I don't know if we'll have the money to do that, especially if we're going for that young rebuild. So, going on to that young rebuild, I want to talk about Howie and how he drafts, because I do not like the way he drafts. He he takes too many risks. He's had one hit and three maybes in the past two drafts. The one hit being Miles Sanders, who is a second rounder, who they don't use enough in the offense. But if they do, he's showed that he can be an elite running back in the league. And then you got Jalen Hurts, Jalen Rager, Jack Driscoll. Jack Driscoll showed a very good season this year. Looks like he was a good draft pick, especially with all the injuries. We got to see him do what he, see, show what he can do. So we'll see how he turns out. Jalen Rager, I don't know if he should have been Justin Jefferson. Everyone says, oh, you should have picked Justin Jefferson, Jared. Justin Jefferson, Justin Jefferson, Justin Jefferson. But Justin Jefferson might not have fit in this offense. You have to account for the kind of situations that offensive run, offenses run, what kind of situations they go in, who they play. Like, the, the teams that the Vikings play might run different defenses continuously than teams that the Eagles play continuously. Justin Jefferson might not have 800-yard games with the Eagles. So, yeah, Justin Jefferson was the best player on the board there, but we were looking for speed, which we got in Jalen Rager. We don't know how Justin Jefferson would have fit in this offense, if he would have fit in this offense. That, you go over to Jalen Hurts, who looks like he's going to be heading the offense. So, we'll see how he pans out. Which, he looked decent in his first four games, but he did regress continuously across those four games. J-Jaw should have been DK Metcalf, who's an absolute monster. I don't care what people say. DK Metcalf is 6'4", 229, and ran a 4.33 on a 40-yard dash at the 2019 Combine. I don't care who you are. You do not pass up on that. You don't take some skinny, lanky dude from Stanford who looks like he might be good. Yes, the Seahawks passed up on him too, but they ended up getting him, and he is an absolute monster. Again, you don't know if he's going to fit in the offense, but I think a player like that, you don't really have to worry about if he's going to fit in the offense because I think you can make it work. Andre Dillard looks like he's going to be traded or something because I don't think he'll be starting at left tackle after the monster year that Mylotta had coming in for JP continuously. Um, And you got to give your projects time to work. Howie does not like to let his players work and get into a groove. He cut Sharif Miller and brought him back continuously and over and over and over. Let him do his work. Let him get into a groove and let him have his time. You brought him in as a project at, for a D-end, so let him do your work on him. Also, Davion Taylor looks like he's going to be a good nickel linebacker. He has speed, but he's still going to need a couple years. So don't cut him and re-sign him continuously. Give him a couple years. They did try to throw him into a couple, couple formations this year but he did get hurt. So I hope that doesn't affect his 
play and how he does in the future. I don't think it was anything too major, though. And then, looking to this forward to this draft upcoming, there are a lot of mock drafts saying that the Eagles will pick Kyle Pitts, tight end out of Florida, 6'6", 240. I personally don't like this pick. We have Dallas Goddard, who's going to have to be paid soon. Unless you give him a big contract that you can keep for a couple years, you don't want to do that because then you're going to have cap issues again coming later. And then what are you going to do with two tight ends? Pitts looks like he's going to be a Travis Kelsey, George Kittle type where he's going to be an absolute monster in the league. But I think that linebacker and corner are bigger needs than another tight end. I don't care what Kyle Pitts can do. If we're going to go for a full rebuild, we need to focus on the future and what we have. We have Goddard, who's still young, and he was a good pick, and give him time to do his work. He showed he's a good player this past season all through Ertz's injuries. Even through his injuries, he still played well. He was a good receiving target for Carson Wentz, even though Carson Wentz didn't play all that well. So let him have his time, and with that, I'm going to finish off the Eagles there. I'm going to head over to the Phillies after our sponsor. I'm going to cut this up into two parts because I do have a lot to get into for the Flyers. So you guys can jump over to the Flyers after you finish this episode and see what's going on with them. So here's a word from our sponsor. All right, guys, welcome back on to the Phillies. Really not much to report here. It did just start spring training yesterday. I am recording this as of Monday. I don't know when you're listening to this. Monday, March 1st, that is. So the Phillies started spring training yesterday. They take a 10-2 loss against the Tigers. They started off strong with a Hazley home run to the opposite field, but the pitchers walked nine batters, showing that they still have a lot of work to do. And they play Baltimore Orioles today at 1 o'clock. And Aaron Nola's pitching, which I'm really excited for. I love Aaron Nola. He's a great pitcher, and I think he's a good spot. I think him, Harper, JT Real Muto, three faces of the Phillies right now who will really be the center of a good team if we get there. Also, Bryce Harper, which I agree with fully, which is with what I'm about to say from him, says the NL East is the best division in the league, which I agree with. I mean, you got the Braves, who won the division the past two years, the Nationals, who just won a World Series but didn't do that good in this past shortened season. But I don't like the shortened season because some teams take a little bit to get going, like the Phillies, for example. The Phillies usually don't get their groove until after the All-Star break. So the Nationals didn't do that good, but I still think they're a decent team. Juan Soto looks like he's going to be a stud, so he looks like he's going to be trouble in the MLB. You got the Mets, who have Pete Alonso, who really looks like he's going to be a good player. The Marlins are rising because they just made the playoffs as a wild card who were the last in the division the year before. So I don't know what's going to go on there. Then you got the Phillies, who I think are one or two pieces away from being able to compete for the division title. I mean, the Braves are probably going to win the division for a couple years to come. The Braves are complete, and they still have a young talent in Ronald Acuna, Ozzy Albies, Freddie Freeman does not have a contract yet, but when he does get one, if they give him one, he's the MVP from this past season. So this is going to be a tough division for years to come, which I like. 
especially looking at the NFC East and with the Eagles where it's just disgusting all around. So, with the start of spring training, uh, I want to get into the season format. They are planning to play the full 162 games, but the back-to-backs will be seven innings, which I'm interested to see because there are many times where teams will play three, four games straight or, you know, ten games straight. So I'm interested to see how that'll work. But back-to-backs will be seven innings to keep that those games shortened, and all extra innings will start with a runner on second base in order to shorten the extra innings, which I don't like that rule. I think you... You play the game how it's played. If you're keeping the game going to begin with, if you're starting the game, then what does having a player on second in extra innings going to do to shorten the game? I mean, I guess you'll already have a runner in scoring position, but if you're already playing the game, people are already in close contact. You're not going to... The odds of it really affecting, making a difference to have a runner start on second in extra innings are very slim to me. So extra innings, we'll start with a runner on second. And hopefully we will see fans at Citizens Bank Park. I know the Eagles got fans about halfway through their season. So hopefully we'll see fans at Citizens Bank. The states will decide the attendance at the games at the stadiums. In spring training down in Florida, they already do have people in attendance. So hopefully that will be the start of a movement around the league and the vaccines will be getting out to the rest of the public here soon, not just teachers and everything. So hopefully that'll open everything up because I'm tired of wearing masks. I'm pretty sure everyone else is tired of wearing masks. And I don't like that I can't just go see a movie. So with that, I'm going to end this episode off because I'm going to separate this episode up into two parts and I'm going to cover the flyers in the next episode. So you go, you guys can go over and check that out right after this. Uh, So with that, I'll see you guys later, and remember, keep those bells ringing.